Hi, this is Stephen Ambrose, Senior Pastor at Wapak Naz. I want to welcome you to the Wapak Naz podcast. We hope and pray that this message goes deep into your DNA, is encouraging, relevant to your life, a means for you to engage with God and experience His love, and moves you to impact your world. We at Wapak Naz believe firmly that you matter to God. We are glad that you are taking the risk to engage with Him today. Wapak Naz is love people loving people to Jesus, and it takes people to partner with us to be on mission and bring this message to our community, the region, and the world. If you would like to financially partner with Wapak Naz to love people to Jesus, join us by going to our website at wapaknaz.org and becoming a financial partner. We thank you, we pray for you, we love you, and enjoy the message. What's going to happen in Wapak Naz style is this thing's going to fall forward on me at some point in the dramatic moment of the sermon, right? That would happen. That would be my life. That would be all right. There are better things or worse things that could happen, right? Um, get out. <clears throat> um, well, good morning. Um, I am I am privileged to be with you today. I really am. A um, couple things that I want to bring to your attention is we're continuing to raise the bar in our life um, to to nurture our soul. Um, by consuming the word of God and the challenge has been set before us this month if you're behind it's all good Uh, if you're ahead it's all good if you haven't started it's all good you can start today Um, we're reading through the book of Acts and Romans uh, first and second Corinthians through the month of February and uh, it's been an interesting journey thus far Um, the word of God has really been been opened in many many ways Um, with that said uh, I'd like for us to open up your Bible uh, or your phone. And if you don't have a Bible, um, these blue Bibles in the pew is for you Um, or for one of your friends. Feel free to take it. If you don't like blue, you can take the brown one. Uh, If you're going to take the hymnal, you need to talk to Fern or Sandy. (laughs) But uh, um, these are for you. And if you know someone who doesn't have one and you want to give them one, take it give it to them that's how much how important this is for us Um, with that said psalm 42 and 43 and um, before i read uh, and we read this these two psalms um, i don't i do need to share something with you um, many of you are on the prayer chain list uh, some of you are not um, many of you are new um, and probably don't even know who I'm about to speak about and that's okay um, but uh, our congregation um, has uh, lost another wonderful individual um, and has parted and their faith has become sight as of five o'clock this morning, um, Geneva Opperman um, has passed away, uh, and uh, she was surrounded by family um, and prayed over, and uh, very much um, loved in the moment. And uh, I, I, I want to say that being with the family and uh, being at the side of Geneva. even 
with the ventilator um, in a situation that seemed powerless. Geneva was able to have the power to make the choice. And so we celebrate the fact that she has entered the kingdom. And uh, as Grandpa said it, uh, I think about Jim Johnson. She beat us. She beat us. She won. She kept the faith. She ran the race. And she fought the good fight. Now, doesn't make it any less easier on us, does it? That's why we're going to read these next two psalms, if you wouldn't mind. Psalm 42. As the deer pants for the streams of water, my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night. While men say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I used to go with the multitude, leading the procession to the house of God with shouts of joy and thanksgiving among the festive throng. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. My soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I will remember you from the land of Jordan, the heights of Hermon, and from the Mount Mazar. Deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. By day, the Lord directs his love. At night, his song is with me. Why have you rejected me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? Send forth your light and your truth and let them guide me. Let them bring me to your holy mountain, to the place where you dwell. Then will I go to the altar of God, to God my joy and my delight. I will praise you with the harp, O God, my God. Why are you downcast, O oh my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Heavenly Father, in these next few moments, I have very little to say, but you have so much. Lord, the one who created our soul. The one who knows it best. Lord, we long for you. We long for you in our anguish. We long for you in our mourning. We long for you in our grief. Even in our joy, we long for you. 
Even in our celebration, we long for you. I don't know if there are any souls in this room that resonate with these two psalms, Lord. I know I do. I just ask that you speak into them. Remind us of the truths that we so easily forget. Remind us of who you are. How I love you. And how we need you. Very simply put, we need you. Nothing else will satisfy. ask these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. You just read and listened to two psalms or songs written by a worship leader who led the procession of worship at the temple who himself has been disturbed that word downcast really means despairing, a deep sorrowing. And all the questions that were laid out in those two Psalms, question after question after question, speaking to his soul, speaking to, to God. Last week we, we talked about hard questions the hard questions that we harbor, that, that we hold. Questions for God, questions to God. And sometimes those questions, they can be freeing or they can be binding. But all throughout the scriptures last week, we learned that, that even the closest ones to Jesus ask those hard questions. And in fact, we're, we're learning in life group that our faith matures and deepens in our God when we begin to ask those questions and wrestle with, with Him. I hear those questions in this, this psalmist. Deep calls to deep. His soul longs for the Lord. Especially in the tough time. I want us to step back into the story that we were in last week. It comes from John 11. Why are we still there? Because Sorrow and grief doesn't just go away after a week, does it? The questions that we have in our life don't go away after a week. That's why I'm grateful that God allows us to show up with our baggage, what we carry, and who we are. 
just to recap that, that moment. Two sisters, Mary and Martha, sent word to Jesus, who was miles away. A message that was a message of despair, but also it was a request, all wrapped up in a statement. The one you love is sick. They sent Jesus word that their brother Lazarus was, was ill. And Jesus delayed. Now there are sometimes God does things that we don't understand, that we don't get. And sometimes there's that delay. We need to be reminded that delay does not necessarily mean denial. It does not mean denial. Either way, Jesus delayed. And then after two days, he and his disciples, they trekked back towards Jerusalem and Jesus hit the edge, the threshold of the village, Bethany. The village that contains the home of Martha, Mary, and their brother Lazarus. And here Martha comes running to Jesus and the first thing she says to Jesus was if you would have been here my brother would not have died and as we declared last week that was a statement really asking or saying a question where were you why weren't you here didn't you care all that wrapped up in a statement And as I was thinking back through this story this week, I noticed not only the hard question that Martha asks, but something else that speaks directly to us today. I would like for you, if you would, please open up John chapter 11. Martha is in that moment where her soul is downcast. We'll start in verse 21. Where she's having this conversation with Jesus. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, where were you? Didn't you care? My brother would not have died. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. This is where I want us to listen very, very closely. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life he or she who believes in me will live even though he dies and whoever lives and believes in me will never die and notice the question do you believe this
So Jesus, in this moment where he is questioned, he's asked this hard question. Where were you? If you, wouldn't have, if you would have been here, you could have done something. And then he declares something about himself. Something that Matthew touched on and laid into. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He declares something about his identity and who he is. Now, this is where I thought I... I've read this story time and time again. Many of you probably have. Maybe this is the first time you've ever heard this story. But Jesus declares this statement very specifically. Maybe I missed it in the past or I skimmed over it or I brushed through it or maybe my, my heart and my mind is a bit more tender due to the circumstances in the last eight weeks, but it reached out. Jesus declared this statement that we have often said, well, he's the resurrection and the life. Very flippantly. Like everybody knows this. But he speaks this directly to the situation that Martha was facing in the moment. Why? Because her brother Lazarus is dead. His statement does not miss it, but speaks directly to it. Your brother may be dead, but I am the resurrection and the life. You may have lost him, but there is life here for all of us. Whatever trying time that we're in, your soul longs for something that you yourself cannot provide. Your job can't provide it because your job doesn't have a soul. Money can't provide it because it doesn't have a soul. Your hobbies, your sports, your academics, your creativity, all those things that you put your effort into, they don't have souls. Your car, your home, none of them have souls. So what you long for, we often look for in those things, don't we? in the promotion we look for them in these places who has souls we do right if we're not looking for what our soul longs for in those places we'll look for it in people right because they have a soul but we often find that their soul is just as weak and forlorn and longing as ours. Is disquieted, disgruntled, hurt, broken, sore, bruised. So, if our soul longs for something that things can't provide because they don't have a soul and people can't provide because quite frankly, they're in the same spot that we are. Where do we find it?
Genesis chapter 2, when God formed man out of the dust, and he breathed into that first man. He breathed his breath into him. That first man became a living being. God breathed Adam's soul into him. It is from God that our souls are, that we have our souls. And he is what our soul longs for. That is where we find it. So if your soul longs deeply for love, God himself is love. If your soul is thirsting, it's dry, emaciated. Jesus himself is the bread and the living water at the same time. If your soul is just worn out, zapped of strength, God is the mighty warrior. See, when Moses had this conversation with God, he was out shepherding and he noticed the burning bush and it was all consuming, but the bush wasn't burning up. And he went over and looked at the bush. He was curious. And that's when God called out Moses, Moses, here I am. This conversation ensues and God was calling Moses to go and deliver his people from captivity and oppression. Moses begins to spew all the excuses. And there's a moment Exodus chapter 3, verse 14. Moses said to God, Suppose I go to these people, these Israelites, and say to them, The God of your, your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, What is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. Remember, Jesus declared to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. God replied to Moses, I am who I am. God is always. God is always. Always has been, always will be. God is. The front end of Revelation, Jesus declared himself, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Who was, who is, and who is to come the four living creatures around the throne of God, worshiping God. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was, who is, and is to come. I am who I am. Meaning, in whatever situation that we're in, God is what we need. I am who I am. Always has, always will be, and is. He's never not been, right? Which means 
in the roller coaster of life that is life and for those of us that are more emotional than others it is a huge roller coaster of up and downs God is the stable one the unchanging one he never shifts he never shakes that's why the psalmist said God is my rock because he's stable when all hell is broken loose in life I am who I am is already his character his nature his essence is still the same meaning God is still just as good it's still just as true just as holy just as powerful just as all-knowing just as loving when you're up when you're down and you're somewhere in between he's the same back to the conversation with Martha I am the resurrection and the life and at the end of this he says do you believe this I've missed that she asks the hard question and that hard question is where I focus but often when we ask God the hard questions guess what he asks us the hard question as well Job chapter 38 37 chapters I'm sorry Matthew I know that this is a tender spot when we talk about Job for 37 chapters Job is asking questions of God. Asking, 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 asking. And then, out of the storm, God speaks. And he says, brace yourself like a man. Then God starts asking the questions. And there are questions that Job can't answer they aren't because God himself is the answer to his questions why am I talking about this I don't know I have a faint idea partially because God will always be the same. Whether you have the diagnosis, you're going to treatment, 
whether you're looking for the job, your paycheck to paycheck, your marriage is on the brink, whether your kids are running away from you, yet still living in the same house, whether life isn't working out the way it's supposed to be, or whether you're expecting a child, or you're getting ready to, ready to say, I do, or you're getting the promotion, or your things are riding high. God hasn't shifted or changed because of your circumstance. What we often do is we allow the circumstance to dictate what we understand about God. As Moses was letting the circumstance dictate what he understood about God, Job, Martha, Peter, you, you, Thomas, you name them. God remained the same. This is why when Paul said, I've prayed three times for God to remove this thorn from my side, whatever thorn that was causing him torment, God didn't answer that prayer. And Jesus said to him, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. My grace is sufficient for you. I am who I am. And that is enough. In fact, it's more than enough. Why am I saying this? Probably because I need to be reminded of this just as much as everyone else. God is enough. God is enough. He's more than enough because he speaks into every situation that we have. He is what we need in every situation. He's the chain breaker. He's the warrior. He's peace. He's goodness. He's true. He's love. He's mercy. He's forgiveness. Your soul long, longs for it. He has it because he is it. I am who I am. So, what do we do with this? Well, the psalmist wrote, Put your hope in God, for yet I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Now, you're not seeing triple. Well, you are, but it was on purpose. It wasn't an accident. Because in the course of Psalm 42 and 43, the psalmist says three times to his own soul, put your hope in God. For I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Regardless how downcast and despairing his soul is, there's hope. 
And as as I preached this and as I was thinking through this sermon and just the psalmist, I'm reminded of a gentleman from Xenia, Church of the Nazarene, years ago. Years ago. His wife passed away. And I was up in the balcony, sitting in the balcony. It was one of those Sundays that I, I didn't wanna I didn't wanna be with anybody. I wanted to be removed. I had a period of time that I was doing that. And I was sitting in that balcony and I looked over to the left. And this was the Sunday after his wife had passed. And he stood there with his arms raised up, praising the Lord, singing, just praising God. In his despair, in his grief, in his loss, when his world was upside down when he was confused when he had to deal with his kids who lost their mom he was praising the Lord just standing there I couldn't see his face but I imagined tears going down his face in the pain he was praising the one who does not change the one who is there he praised that I am who I am that moment spoke to me that regardless of the situation God is there it is now your choice you have the power to choose to hope on the one who is who he says he is would you mind standing for a brief moment bow your heads God I want to say thank you that you are what our soul longs for you are satisfying you are the rest that we desire Lord, life is confusing right now. There's no question about it. It's heavy. It's confusing. In moments, I just, just shake my head. And I know I'm not the only one. I'm not the only one. But I have zero doubt that you you were there. You're there. You're moving. You're speaking. You're at work when I can't see it, when we can't see it. And so I ask on behalf of every individual in this room, teenager, kid, mom, dad, season vet 
lost, confused, the hurt. Lord, as they reach out, I hope they reach out. As they draw near to you, may they, may they find in you what they need. Lord, if any one of us is going in the other direction, looking for, for you, but in the wrong places, God, will you make yourself so apparent, evident? Or will you be sweetness to our soul, to our minds, to our hearts? Will you strengthen us? Will you bring healing? But simply, I, we just need you. Just as Matthew was praying this morning in our office. We simply need you. Lord, help us Allow us, give us freedom to, to grieve how we grieve. But Lord, may we know that you're there. I love you, God. I thank you that you are our hope and you are our rock. You were, you are, and you will be. This is all temporary anyways. It's all temporary until we're in the eternal. I love you, Father. I thank you. And I praise you. And it's in your name, Jesus, that we ask these things this morning and we find what we need for our soul. Amen. I just want you to know we love you. We love you. We really do. And uh, we're proud of you. Proud of you. So uh, as we part here, just remember who we are. We're loved people. Loving people to Jesus Christ. No matter where we are. So, may you love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. And will you please love your neighbor as yourself and eat some wings tonight in celebration, right? Thank you for listening to the Wapak Naz podcast. We hope you were moved deeply to step into God and the hope and future he has for you and that you were moved to be salt, light, and yeast in your community and to love people to Jesus.